Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, you have told me in your word to be strong and of good courage and to fear not. And I need your help to do that. You've said that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Please help me to be strong and courageous today and walk in your strength. I know I can do nothing on my own. I am weak and powerless without you. Be with me this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Good to be with you. Today, it's Friday, which means it's Ask the Exorcist. Uh, I know it's the last Friday of the month, uh, so hopefully by next Friday we're going to have, gosh, I think next Friday I might be traveling. But at some point, first Friday is going to be the the blue-collar theology. One of my friends is putting together a little group of men that are going to talk about uh, the faith and how it's affecting our our lives, our families, our parishes. But for today, let's uh, first. I want to talk to you. You know, I saw a story in the news, and it was deeply disturbing, uh, as many of the stories in today's day and age are. But uh, it's about a woman who fatally stabs her, uh, I believe it was her boyfriend, 108 times, 108 times. And uh, she claims she was not in control of herself because she was in a a psychosis that was induced by smoking two bong hits of marijuana. Well, regardless, you know, you did it. You know, if you accidentally run over somebody and kill them on the highway, you still are guilty of manslaughter. And this woman was found guilty by, uh, in a trial of her peers, and the judge overthrew the sentencing and the verdict. He said she should be set free, no prison time. She's just going to have uh, two years of probation and 100 hours of community service. That's not even one hour for every stab that this man received. This is a young man in the... Uh, prime of his life, 26 years old. He was an accountant. He's gone. He's gone. And uh, no jail time. I mean, what is happening to our country? It's it's just being destroyed from the inside out. You know, we had that not too long ago. There was that wonderful um, army veteran who uh, stopped a crazy homeless person on the subway from harming people. He uh, put him in a chokehold and unfortunately the man died. He is on trial for killing the man, even though he was defending people on the train. Uh, and and I guarantee the New York judge will throw the book at that guy, uh, even though he's a hero for saving people. So everything is upside down and backwards. This is the world we live in. Uh, never more in the history of, I would say, the world has prayer been more necessary. We have to be a people that's praying every day. You should, at the very least, you have to pray your rosary. Get to Mass if you can. That's even a greater gift uh, is the Mass with the Jesus gives himself to us substantially in his body and blood. 
and in, in his word. And uh, even your contemplative prayer time where you, you speak to the Lord and you, <coughs> excuse me, develop that relationship with him, which is the greatest gift ever. Imagine that we have a God that wants to be our best friend. He's our father. He's our savior. Uh, he's our sanctifier. But he also wants to be our friend. Isn't that amazing? It's that a God so great and powerful would would want to spend time with just little old us. But he does. That's uh, because of his goodness. It has nothing to do with us. So please continue praying. It's so important in the day we live. Uh, and now I think I, I want to go to uh, the Medjugorje message because that was also a little startling uh, to me. I thought, you know, this is such a stark uh, message. I mean, Normally, when she speaks, the message is like a paragraph in length, and she normally says, thank you for having responded to my call. Listen to the message that came to the world yesterday. Dear children, may this time be a time of prayer. That's it. May this time be a time of prayer. I mean, that's I probably, I don't know for sure, but I think that's could be the shortest message she's ever given to the world. Uh, may this time be a time of prayer. So there it is. Confirmation from heaven. We got to be praying. Get on your knees and pray. Because not only is it an election year. So we know what happens now during election years. Don't we? Haven't we learned this lesson? There will be some kind of pandemic that gets rolled out. They're going to put us all back inside. They're going to mask us up. They're going to come out with a new jab. And they're going to tell us all to get in line and take the jab. But this time, they're going to be stricter. Because the first time was a, was a run-through to see how we reacted. We didn't, we didn't pass that test. We failed. We just got in line like a bunch of uh, sheeple. And did whatever they wanted. So get ready because it's coming. You you mark my words, it's coming. And, uh, you know, China is experimenting with a, uh, a new virus that has a 100% fatality rate. So you get this disease, you're dead, period. Why we allow this country to do this? I mean, we know that this last coronavirus came from China and now they're messing with one that has a hundred percent fatality rate. What, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Maybe the, maybe the government's in on it. Who knows? At this point, I don't believe anything people tell me, you know, unless it's coming from uh, a very close friend. I, I question everything these days because, you know, everything is, uh, there's a great deception happening. So without that great gift of discernment that comes from God alone, you're going to be a very confused person. You have to be uh, praying every day to receive insight from heaven. So the message for this month, dear children, may this time be a time of prayer. We have to be praying. So it is Friday. It is time to ask the exorcist. So I'm going to do what I did last week. I'm going to the Instagram page. 
So on Instagram, you can find me at Father Dan Rehill, F-A-T-H-E-R-D-A-N-R-E-E-H-I-L. So Father spelled out at Father Dan Rehill. And there's a little uh, post that says Ask the Exorcist. You can click on it and leave your, your questions there. Uh, and that's where we'll be taking the questions for today. Okay, so the first question Please speak to this whole movement of manifesting your future outcome. Oh, we hear a lot about this from the Hollywood set, you know. You you need to manifest your future. If you put it out into the universe, then the universe will answer you and give you what you want. Hogwash. That's a load of garbage. If anybody's giving you what you want, it's either coming from heaven or hell. That's it. The universe is not involved. So if heaven is giving you something, it's because that was God's will all along. And if you're, if the devil's answering you, it's to hook you in and get you in his back pocket. And believe me, many people have been drawn in through that tactic. You know, there's this famous story. What you put out there, there's always both angels are listening and demons are listening. You may not be aware of that, but there's right now sitting next to you is your guardian angel. He's right there in the room with you. But there's probably a few demons in the room as well, because their goal is to take down the Christians, right? Revelation 12, the devil went off and waged war against the woman and her offspring, those who follow Jesus Christ and are obedient to him. That's us. That's who his number one target is, the, the, the Christians. So... First of all, let me just answer the question. They don't do this. Don't do this. What you can do is you can go into your prayer time and say, Lord, you know, times are tough right now. Uh, you know, I just lost my job. I have the rent coming due. I need help. And please give me, uh, you know, what I need to, to get through this period of time and help me to find a new job. You can do that. You can petition the Lord for things that, that you need and say, you know what's best. Please send me your help. But the universe, that's a different thing. You know, that's not, you're not speaking to God. You're speaking to anybody who's listening out there. And it can be demons. So the exorcist from New York, I'm going back about probably 20 years, uh, maybe even more, 25 years-ish, Father James Labar. We were just talking about Jim at the Exorcist Conference. You know, he was one of the trailblazers in, in exorcisms uh, post-Vatican II because most of the exorcists went away. There was no more, you know, they weren't making exorcists, but a few, there were a few out there. He is one of the big, big guns that were around back uh, at the turn of the millennium. And he told me a story about this uh, Filipino young woman who was about to graduate from Juilliard and she was a violinist, I believe. And she had no job. And she kept saying, I would do anything to be famous. I would do anything to be famous. She was telling this to all her friends. Well, when you start saying that, you know, somebody's listening. Of course, God hears it, but the enemy heard it too. So one night she has this dream while she's sleeping that this beautiful naked man comes to her bed and he says, do you really want uh, to be famous. And she said, I do. And he produced the contract and he, uh, slit her finger with his, uh, with the, one of the nails of his hand. 
and said, sign this in your blood. And she signed it. And then he touched it with his finger and it burst into flames and the ashes fell down on the floor next to the bed. Well, I mean, just that dream alone is, is not, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out what happened there. She made a contract with the devil. What's more disturbing is when she woke up, her finger was cut and the ashes were next to the bed. So that should have given her pause right there to say, I need to go immediately to a priest and get help. But she didn't. And within a month or so, she gets this big job offer and she's touring Europe, giving all these concerts and she becomes very uh, successful. She's making good money. She gets involved with drugs. She's using needles. She gets HIV and now she's dying of AIDS in a hospital in New York City. And she remembers how this all started. So she calls her mother and her good Catholic mother is horrified and calls up uh, the archdiocese and says, we need an exorcist. So that's when Father Jim shows up and he hears the whole story. And he says, well, you've made a contract with the devil. That's not a good thing, but these things can be broken. Don't worry. And he says, uh, write out the creed and pen, and then we're going to have you cut your finger and sign the creed in blood. Well, the doctor didn't like that because, you know, this person has AIDS. We don't want to be having her bleeding all, all over the place. But anyway, they go through with it and she does this. And then she goes into cardiac arrest and she's flailing on the table and then she flatlines and she dies. And she's dead for, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes. They toe tag her. She's gone. Well, the mother's blaming the, the priest. The doctor's blaming the priest. Everybody's yelling at everybody. And all of a sudden she wakes up. Boom, she's back. And she says, you know, uh, Jesus rescued me. And they test her. And not only is uh, she healthy, but the AIDS and the HIV gone. No sign of it in her blood. So she's completely healed as well. And uh, it's a remarkable story. But, you know, it all began because she was putting out there that she wanted to be famous. She would do anything to be famous. There's several people in the music industry, uh, famous celebrities who've also made deals with the devil, and that's how they rose to fame. I'm sure Hollywood has many stories as well. So you don't want to do that. You want to pray, and you want to follow God's lead for your life, okay? Next question. While in my mother's womb, my paternal grandmother cursed me, and there were members of Freemasonry on my mother's side. How many of these things could be affecting me today? Well, sadly, the, the Masonic curses are real. There's a set of prayers to break these curses, um, and they're lengthy. It takes about 30 minutes to get through the prayers, but you should do them. So you can, you can either go to your Catholic priest and ask him to help you find these. You can Google it, too. I'm sure if you just Google uh, break Masonic curses prayers, They'll come up, although that's not, you want to make sure you get the right ones. I believe they're also in Father Chad Ripperger's book, uh, um, Deliverance Prayers for the Lay Faithful. Let me see if that's the right words. Deliverance Prayers for the Laity. Okay. Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. It's a black book, and um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it probably anywhere they sell books. Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. 
uh, by Father Chad Ripperger, who was uh, also an exorcist. Uh, I'm pretty sure those prayers are in there. But you can get your hands on them, and you should, because they will wreak havoc in your life. So if you have physical illnesses that the doctors can't diagnose and they can't find any uh, evidence of, then you're probably dealing with something that is uh, could be related to the curses because they're all they all have to do with physical uh, problems with the stomach, the lungs, uh, all sorts of bodily organs are mentioned in these curses that they they uh, they agree to to have affect their lineage if they go against the Masons or if they draw, if they leave uh, and don't fulfill their duty. So that would be something to look into. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Can demons develop strongholds of influence over geographical regions? If so, is it possible for the church to engage in spiritual warfare against that and replace their influence? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, I felt it. You know, I don't want to scare people, so I'm not going to name places. But I have been in places where I could feel the presence of evil just from, you know, flying into the airport. You could feel this, like... It's almost like a heaviness uh, and it can be broken, but you know, you can't, you break something, you can deliver the demons, but if you don't change the problem, they come right back and they come back worse. So if you're living in a city that's particularly sinful, you know, let's pretend Sodom is still around and they're doing these terrible things in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, sure. Nexus can walk in <clears throat> and he can take authority and cast them out. And then he goes on his merry way. And guess what? The next day they all come back and they bring their friends and it's worse than ever. So you have to change the problem in addition to casting out the demons. So there's always an issue that's allowing them. They have a legal right to be there. They have a legal right to be there. They're lawyers. No offense to lawyers out there, but that's what they're. They're very legalistic. They know their limits and they go right up to them. So, if you're committing all these horrible sins, uh, a whole town is doing this, creating these big problems. Um, until you stop doing that, you really can't stop the demons from in occupying a space. They know they're allowed to be there by virtue of the sinful behavior. You know, uh, when when Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? He was in, in a place, this big cave this big cave it had a deep well, and it was known as the gates of hell. So when he's telling Peter, you are Peter, my rock, who I'm going to be my church on, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Those men were standing right at what they considered the gates of hell in, in the ancient uh, Jewish world uh, to kind of exclamation point his point. You know, even that don't be afraid of this. You know, we, we're going to conquer everything. But the way we do it is you bring you have to bring people into the church. You have to bring people into conformity with Christ. And then you drive the demons out. You know, if somebody comes to me and tells me they don't practice any kind of religion, they don't practice Christianity, and they want me to drive out a demon, I say, no, I'm not going to do it. For your own benefit, I'm not going to do it. Because if I do that, and then you go back to your same old lifestyle, that demon comes back, the scripture says, with seven others, and uh, you'll be worse off than ever. So you have to change and repent and come back to Christ. That's 
you have to do that if you want to stay clean, if you want the demons to, to stop harassing you. And sometimes people don't want to do it. I've had people say flat out, I'm not going back to church. And I say, okay, well, good luck. I can't help you. You know, and maybe when things get worse, they come back and eventually they, they come to their senses. But yeah, these strongholds exist. Uh, at this exorcist conference I was just at, there was a case of a parish where within the geographical boundaries of the parish was a witch's coven and they were cursing the parish and the priests and uh the priest over time not even a long time it was about a period of about a year i think where he just stopped adoration he stopped the public rosary everything spiritual was going away and eventually he ran away with one of the witches and he left his the priesthood so the bishop puts another priest in there and the second priest within six months he's got suicidal ideologies going through his head and he's in total despair and he has to be taken out so then the bishop puts in like his top priest thinking this guy will will be the one who can get this in order and within a couple of months the, that guy is also that priest is taken down and he says i can't do this i i, I feel like i'm going to lose my mind if i stay here and then finally the exodus comes in but you know until the witches are gone. You have to keep doing the prayers. You have to keep breaking the curses on a regular basis because they keep cursing. They keep drawing demons in, you know, and at some point, uh, the parish got, got cleaned out, but it's a, it's an ongoing problem, right? It's an ongoing problem. As long as they keep doing their witchcraft and, and putting curses and hexes and spells on the parish, then you have to continually keep breaking them and calling forth God's spirit. And pray for the conversion of the witches. You know, that would put an end to the problem too. But this stuff is real. And when people are suffering from it, uh, it's all encompassing. You know, they they have, they have can't do anything but deal with the issues that they're having with the, uh, the oppression, the obsession, uh, and the uh, vexations that are hitting them. So, uh, and sadly, you know, the more the world moves away from God, uh, and and some people are moving away from God and into the witchcraft. But even if you're not moving into witchcraft, Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. There's no neutral. There is no fence sitting. If you're not with Jesus, you're, by definition, you're working with the enemy. And the enemy knows that. He knows the rules. So you have to be careful. Okay. Let's see. Does it matter in terms of efficacy of prayer, whether one is in mortal sin, uh, i.e., are my prayers more effective if I'm in a state of grace compared to when I'm not? Well, uh, yes, of course. So who is in the perfect state of grace? At all times, Our Lady. And her prayers are by far the most powerful of any human being on earth. When you look at somebody in mortal sin... You know, uh, God still loves them and God's still going to have mercy on them. But until they repent and come out of the sin, uh, you know, the prayer is not going to be as powerful as it could be. So you want to be, you want to be, you know, you always want to go. Once you know you've sinned, you should be running to the confessional. Don't wait. Just go that day or the very next day, get into the confessional and purify your soul. And then it opens up that pipeline of grace from heaven.
how can a Protestant pastor cast out demons? Well, you know, really every Christian, you don't have to be Catholic. If you're baptized, you're a child of God. Uh, Jesus is your brother. You have authority, at least over yourself, over your wife, your or husband, your spouse, and your kids. And in some cases, you know, maybe even ex- if God is calling you to to drive out a demon of somebody and He's giving you the authority, then you can you can do it. But you know, you want to be sure it's God asking you to do it. There is a pastor who's a not Catholic. He's a Protestant of some denomination here in Nashville. Who's got an enormous deliverance ministry up in uh, Nashville, and uh, he kind of stumbled into it. He didn't believe exorcisms were real. He he thought Jesus got rid of all the demons until one day he saw a demon manifesting right in front of his face, and he realized, oh, wow, this is real. So I guess I should learn about this and figure it out. And so he's actually doing it. Now, I don't recommend this for people, you know. Uh, again, if you want to know what you can do and what authority you have, get that book from Father Ripperger. It explains in detail and has prayers you can pray in that book, but he gives very specific instructions on how far your authority can go. So you want to do that. But again, you know, God God can do what he wants to do. You know, we, he gives us best practices, but sometimes he works outside of those practices. For example, in Italy, you know, when the exorcists couldn't drive out the demons, uh, when St. Catherine was alive, they would send them to her and she would just look in their direction and they would flee. They would be driven right out because of her great holiness, you know? So the 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 holiness of the person 100% matters in driving out a demon because it's not a sacrament. It's a sacramental. So that relies on the holiness of both the one doing the deliverance and the one receiving the deliverance. Very important. The show on Fridays fly by, don't they? It's We're just about out of time. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, go check out the Instagram page. There's a lot of good teachings on there. And uh, let me give you my blessing. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria Podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady's Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.